Rock 102, Springfield's Classic Rock. It's 535. And you too with Bax and Nagel on Rock 102. going to be uh, kind of rainy today. I don't know when that's going to start. Maybe later on this morning, perhaps. Yeah, but then you do have a stretch of really nice weather for the next couple of days. You do, but today's the day I'm going to uh, Old Sturbridge Village. They have rain ponchos back in the uh, 1700s. I'm I'm sure they must Mm. have a place for you to stay dry. Uh, Tomorrow, sunny with a high of 67. It's 47 right now in downtown Springfield. Another keyword to cash coming up after 8 o'clock. It's a simple word. It's not complicated. I'll let you know what it is at 8 o'clock. And then later on today, you'll hear it at 11, 2, and 5. No excuses. No reason to not try to win $1,000 from Rock 102. Nope, you can win it right here. So there's that and loads of other stuff. Bax and Nagel on Rock 102. Want to know what it sounds like to win $1,000? Yeah. 3,000 miles away, it's Steve Nagel's Hollywood Trash. Well, Father's Day is coming up, and uh, it's time to give Dad what he really wants. It's not a tie or a Lowe's gift card. How about uh, a long nap and someone else mowing the lawn? How about uh, Dad wanting a little prostate stimulation? Huh? 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 You know, there is something to be said about that. And thanks to Gwyneth Paltrow's Goop Father's Day gift guide, you can give it to him. Gwyneth is selling a certain probing device called the Lilo Hugo. It's $219 and it vibrates. It's one of those things you, you know, take inside, if you will. What, do you swallow it? No, no. Well, yeah, like, you, uh, I don't know. I don't want to describe. Uh, is it something you put between your cheek and gum? Like a skull bandit? Yes, but not on your head. Well, I'm going to have to think about that for a little bit. There's also uh, the Arcwave Ion, described as, quote, an air-pulsing sex toy for penis owners. Sadly, the this is the only one that stimulates your front parts. That's 199 bucks. The gift guide uh, is, of course, full of other stupidly overpriced items like an $890 beach towel, $349 infrared hair dryer. Actually, that might actually sound kind of cool. The infrared hair dryer. Huh. Well, you know, uh, I'm. St- I gotta tell you, you're, you're telling me all this other stuff, but I'm still kind of yeah. focused on this prostate thing. What about the $250 notebook for quote jotting notes, setting intentions, and recording your dreams? That's actually the thing I want to do with the prostate. Yeah, thing. no kidding. Yeah. Couldn't I get a 99 cents uh, uh, notebook at like a staple somewhere? Uh, yeah, I guess you could. Maybe I'll do that instead. Hey, uh, what are you going to do with that prostate massager? Well, I'm going to jot notes, set intentions, and record your dreams. <laughs> That's got to be one hell of a massager. Uh, oh, I'm I'm guessing it is. Uh, dis- let's see. Uh, Ralph Harris. You know who that is? He is the son of Mr. and Mrs. Harris. He's the veteran entertainer the, whose decades-long career is a family favorite on British and Australian television. Uh, was shattered when he was convicted of sexual assaults on young girls. He died. He was 93 years old. Ah, that's too bad. His hit was uh, Timey Kangaroo Down. Oh, that's his? That's the guy. Timey Kangaroo Down yeah. Sport. Yeah, yeah, I remember that one. Yeah. And then and now look at him. And now he's, he's, a, a, he's a dead pedophile. A, de- a dead disgraced pedophile. Well, all pedophiles are disgraced, but he's just now dead. They're all disgraceful. Not all of them have been publicly, publicly disgraced. Right. Netflix has started cracking down on password sharing in the U.S. Premium subscribers can now add up to two out-of-household users for $7.99 each. Standard subscribers can only add one. Okay. 
All right. We'll Man, see be, how that goes for be you. that way. Might just cancel Netflix. Well, I don't even have Netflix right now anyway. But You don't? No. I switch. I go back and forth. Because it's just too costly to have all of these platforms, and I don't watch that much TV. So if there's something that's really on Netflix, right now I'm paying for Apple TV. Right now I'm kind of surprised to hear that you're such an entertainment tightwad. I am an entertainment tightwad. Sorry about that. Uh, Jeff Bridges, a 9 by 12 inch stomach tumor, is now the size of a marble. He's also recovering from having COVID in 2021. This guy's a badass. No kidding. Mike Tyson claims Jamie Foxx had a stroke and he's, quote, not feeling well. Although he added, uh, I have no idea what happened to him, so maybe his sources aren't 100%. Then why would you say... if you, Why would you say he had a stroke and then say, I don't know what happened to him? Well, I mean, you don't know, you know, well, so where was he when he had the stroke? You know, how, yeah. how debilitated is he? Is he expected to make a full recovery? You know, those, those are the kinds of questions that... You know, the average slob may not be able to give the public. I but it's what I would like to know. Uh, Prince William's wife, Kate Middleton, attended a picnic with 100 elementary school kids at a flower show on Monday, and some of them asked for her autograph. She told them, quote, I can't write my name, but I can draw. And she proceeded to draw little pictures for the kids. When asked why she couldn't sign, she said, quote, I'm not allowed to write my signature. It's just one of those rules. Kate wasn't lying. This is a rule, and there is a reason for it. Members of the royal family don't sign autographs so that no one can forge their signatures. Now you know. All right. What a, <sighs> is that like a huge problem with... Uh, it must be. Who? But who is like allowing somebody to sign something, uh, like a legal document, and not see that it's the actual prince or princess or king or whoever? Well, you know, some people have granted the legal right for someone else to sign all their documents. Right. Some people can do oh, that. Oh, yeah, I guess so. I mean, listen, do you think that those people want to sign every bit of paper or paraphernalia that comes their way? Their hands would be permanently cramped. Yeah, I, I I don't know. These these rules are kind of dumb, I think. But I'm not the one writing the royal rules. I'm Thank just, goodness. I'm just breaking them all. Although I like to read the rules you write. I don't have any uh, rules. There is no rules. It's like Thunderdome over there in that Buckingham Palace. Katy Perry has been getting some bad press this season for supposedly being the mean judge on American Idol, and now she's considering quitting the show. The not-always-reliable British tabloids say Katie feels like the producers have thrown her under the bus by editing the show to make her seem nastier. Is she starting to feel like a plastic bag? I don't doubt her, though. I don't doubt that. Yeah, racing in the wind? Yeah, something like that. Uh, I don't doubt her, because I I know that that's how they did, um, whatchamacallit, the real world on MTV. Yeah. They would pit people against each other on purpose... To, to create drama within that house because they had to. Because most people were like, eh, whatever. I, I got know. news for you. They do that in every reality TV show. It's what uh, makes that sh- those shows moderately interesting. Right, but I can see her point saying that they're just taking out the nasty parts and then just throwing it on there going, eh, yeah, this is how she is. You know, as it turns out, Simon Cowell is actually a very lovely man. Really? He's not really a aggravating bastard like he appears. It's all editing and mirrors. Well, see, plastic I, don't, surgery. I don't believe that one bit because I've seen him on other things that weren't related to television. 
Anyway, uh, Kim Kardashian was gushing over Japan. She loves Japan and can't wait to go back. Really? Yeah. She must have something to say. Oh, my God. The last time I had an experience in Japan was when Ray J whacked the bonsai bush with his salty salmon roll and that sex tape you can purchase on YouPorn for $39. And that caused the gushing? Yes. <laughs> Caitlin? I never got that done and dirty with your mother, Chris Kim, but I once was wasabotaged. Somebody stuck some wasabi in there. Uh, yeah, you don't want that. I went down the wet tuna pipeline. <laughs> what are you trying to say? What I'm trying to say is I ate sushi from the barbershop floor. Oh, yeah, that's right. <laughs> <laughs> and that's your Hollywood trash, a rock will do. Oh, yeah. Ray Maliazzi here for you. And now, Bax's View from the Couch, brought to you by Rocky's Ace Hardware, your grilling headquarters, Weber, Big Green Egg, Uni Pizza Ovens, and Traeger Wood-Fired Grills. Hey, good morning, sports fans. How the heck are you? As you know, the human head is nothing more than a fragile, shatter-resistant container for the human brain. The brain is a soft, gelatinous pile of complicated tissues, which informs the body to perform nearly everything we do. Breathing, moving around, reacting to stuff. It's the organ that alerts the body when it's about to get hit by a bus or when we need to get stamps. The human brain performs all kinds of important functions, and when the candy coating of the human skull fails to protect the human brain, really bad things happen. The NFL is aware of this problem, and that's why they've announced changes that they believe will significantly decrease the number of times that a dude gets his bell rung during the course of football play. Yesterday, despite enthusiastic resistance from nearly every special teams coach in the NFL, Commissioner Roger Goodell announced a rule change that could, in theory, reduce the number of concussions in the NFL. According to this new rule, all fair catches on NFL kickoffs will be spotted on the 25-yard line, regardless of where the ball has been kicked outside the end zone. This simple uh, adjustment has been designed to protect the dude catching the ball, because according to statistics, Kickoffs have become the fastest-growing source of on-field brain injuries over the last two seasons. Of course, this will also likely end the idea of a guy running with a football in his hands to gain better field position. I mean, you got to be spotted at the 25-yard line, then what's the point of getting your shoes all dirty? Either way, the NFL is claiming that by making this change, they could reduce by cushions, uh, concussions up to 15%. And apparently, that's a very impressive number. Of course, the NFL hasn't figured out what to do with all those other concussions. You know, the remaining 85%, but I'm sure they're working on it because you can't have a team play an extended 17-week schedule every Sunday, Monday, and Thursday without showing at least a little bit of humanity and concern for the health and protection of its players because otherwise that would seem uncaring, selfish, and profit-driven, and Lord knows you wouldn't want anyone to get that impression. But hey, enough of my yapping sports brought to you by Rocky's Ace Hardware. You know what I'm waiting for? The pellet steakhouse to open. Because when you grill with a Traeger wood fire pellet grill, meat gets all that smoky wood flame flavor that I love so much. Plus, you got precision temperature control and flame control as well. Grill with a Traeger from Rocky's Ace Hardware and Steakhouse. I'm back. That's my view from the couch. 102 Springfield's Classic Rock at 615 and Journey with Bax and Nagel on Rock 102. It's going to be uh, rainy with a high of 78 today. Tomorrow, sunny uh, with a high of 67. It is 47 right now in downtown Springfield. Yeah, I uh, I love a good uh, a good amount of uh, internet, social media, uh, viral 
stuff like anybody else. Yeah. You know, I like when we uh, when we hit something, you know, mm-hmm. you hit a nerve and all of a sudden everybody wants to start talking about it. That's right. But then there are also, I find that there are people on the internet, spe- specifically on the social medias, who, um, for whatever reason, feel like they are entitled to say some of the most awful things imaginable. Yeah. Yeah. Um, you know, yesterday I, uh, I, I, I discovered this probably maybe about an hour after it had been put up mm-hmm. uh, on our picture that you and I took. Um, we do the promotions for Dunkin' Donuts. That's just what we do. That's and what we that's, do. And then yesterday they were promoting the, the free iced coffee day that was don- being donated to charity, uh, you know, a portion of the proceeds or whatever, and uh, which seemingly should have just been like another uh, innocuous post that we yeah. put up. Yeah. Now, I, I find that whenever we, uh, we post these pictures of you and I having a delicious Dunkin' treat, and they are delicious, you and I are big fans of the... Dunkin' iced coffee, right? Yeah. Love that stuff. And yesterday was, uh, you know, Dunkin' iced coffee day, like you said, and uh, a portion of the proceeds was going to the Dunkin' Joy and Childhood Foundation. This is like the 22 News story. We just reiterated exactly (laughs) what we just said. Yes, exactly. But uh, so here's the thing. Uh, Whenever we post these pictures, there are a handful of people that um, feel the need to point out that... uh, we are we have a tendency to be slightly overweight now i i'm not going to try to sound like i'm uh you know like i'm terribly hurt by the whole thing i just find it perplexing that someone would actually go out of their way to tell me something i could not possibly have known on my own you didn't know that i was literally just found like out about sh- my weight problem yesterday it was like a shock I know. I I thought I was looking fantastic. Next thing I know, uh, some guy, uh, actually more than just one guy, a few people thought it would be a good time to point out, hey, I don't know if you were fully aware of this, but you might be fat. Steve, mm-hmm. we know people of all kinds of, uh, all kind in all kinds of situations. Would no. you ever go up to a guy in a wheelchair and say, hey, I don't know if you have uh, if you're aware of this, but you're sitting in a wheelchair. Mm. Do you think the guy in the wheelchair knows that he's in a wheelchair? I actually have said that to Stephen Hawk before, so it's not like uh, that would be the first time. It's not like that would be unusual for me to to, to say. But I yeah. I understand what what, what you're getting yeah. at here. You're pointing out the people are pointing out you know the obvious and taking away from what you were intending to do right or what we were intending to do but you know i've been dealing with that since i was 10 you know i was a fat little kid and so what, was you i know, and uh you know it kind of makes you it kind of makes you uh, appreciate other people more when you get made fun of from such a young age right and then having to deal with this now as adults well i think when you're a kid you don't really have the same kind of filter or understanding of the consequences of your words or actions. Mm-hmm. So it's very easy for a kid to say, wow, look at that fat guy, because he doesn't really, the kid doesn't really think in terms of, well, what does that fat guy right. think when I say stuff like that? But if you're an adult and you've reached a certain level of maturity in your life and you're still doing that, doesn't that say more about you than the yeah, guy but- who may have a weight issue? 
You know, I don't even know if it's worth responding sometimes because, you know, I, I, I didn't even know that you had written anything. I was just like, <laughs> get, let me get this guy. Like, you know, yeah. and I just said, uh, you know, I hope uh, one day that I could be uh, make fun of a radio host because of his weight kind of lonely and sad. Right. Um, but I, I didn't I didn't realize that you had written something on that. I, I felt I had to because mm-hmm. you know, for most of the uh, the comments that were made, I was like, I just, I just let them you know, roll off my back well, and not get so upset about them. Because it went even beyond the weight thing. Oh yes, you know that it went it it, had, it brought in something personal for you. Now uh, this uh, this guy uh, and I'm not going to say his name, but I'm pretty sure Smitty knows who I'm talking about. Uh, I think he removed his comment earlier. Okay, uh, because he was getting trashed mm-hmm. by what he said. Uh, here is the exact quote. Bax, when your wife wants to make sweet love to you and she wants to get on top, does she require the assistance of a Sherpa? Just wondering. What a jerk. Yeah. So yeah. I thought, okay, <clears throat> it's one thing just to talk about me. Yeah. It's another thing to make suggestions about my sex life. It's another thing to bring in my wife, who is completely who, innocent in this whole thing. Who doesn't even, like, we don't even really hear from Mrs. Baxendale. No. There's no, like, uh, and, and like you probably won't. sideshow going on there or anything like that. And, uh, you know, it might be different if she was in, like, videos with you all the time or something. where people, but, it, but even then, it even then. Right. So I, I, ha- I felt I had to respond. I couldn't let this one go. Now, my first instinct was to say, uh, you know, when he talks about you know uh, making sweet love to my wife, my first in- instinct to uh, to say was, "Well, your mother certainly didn't mind." Whoa, but I, but I decided, bam. I decided that was too harsh, and that would that would sound bitter and hostile. Instead, I focused on what had just occurred here, uh, dear Smitty. You know what I find hilarious about your hurtful fat shaming? It's perhaps the total disregard for the fact that we're here to show off our delicious iced coffees from Dunkin', and yet you decided to focus on the superficial and incidental elements of this particular marketing campaign instead, especially one that is focused on sick and disadvantaged children. Let's try to focus on the important stuff here. It's Dunkin' Iced Coffee Day, and you can help people. But if you'd rather zero in on my sex life, that says far more about you than it does about me. Signed, Bax. Now, uh, I got a bunch of people uh, in, support, in full support yeah. of, uh, of that, and I appreciate that. But what kind of human being does this? Who, who Listen, I think what happens, Steve, and you, know, you may have a different opinion about this, mm-hmm. but I think people have this sense that because this show attempts to use humor to make certain points throughout yeah. the show, that people feel like, well, if they're willing to make fun of things, then they must certainly be a you immune to human emotions, and so yeah. it's okay then to make fun of them. Well, I now, mean, normally I would say, well, that would be perfectly fine, but then you do cross the line at some point where it's not just about you know good old fashioned fun; it's kind of about uh, hateful annoyance. Uh, yeah, yeah, I I agree with you with that it, uh, that it's uh, about hateful annoyance because that's pretty <laughs> much all that it's about. And listen, I'm not uh, I'm not you know shy of being made fun of if you really wanted to make fun of that picture you could uh, zoom in on that white spot that i have on my shirt 
and, uh, you know, make a joke. Like, what's the matter? You didn't have time to clean up, uh, finish him before you took the photo? Like, that would be a funny joke. Yeah. You know right, what yeah. I mean? Yeah, that would be hilarious because the good white spot, what is that, like toothpaste or something? No, it's actually, I don't even know what, I think it, it's permanently on there. Actually, had you not pointed out the white spot, I wouldn't even have noticed. Yeah, but but that's what I mean, though. You know what I mean? Like you can you can make fun of me for that. I don't really care. I think that would be kind of funny if you if you made a, made a or, or or the fact that I have the sticker on the outside of the cup as opposed to you know showing off the Dunkin' logo, which probably would have satisfied Dunkin' Donuts a little bit more sure. too. But right. but they um, but they're aware of their white stickers. Yeah, they 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 are. They, well, that's how they that's how they. Uh, expedite things yeah. when you get to the when you get to the store. That's what makes them so convenient and easy. But there's a hundred different ways to make a better joke than to focus always on that. And yeah. when you click on the pictures of these folks that make these comments, mm-hmm. uh, I almost wanted to say yesterday to the one guy, "Why is one of your family members going to join us in the aerial photo shoot?" Yeah. Well, uh, this guy again, his name is uh, he just goes by Smitty something or other. Yeah. Has no pictures of himself. Yeah. Has no uh, identifying information yeah. on his Facebook page. He probably looks like a foot, <laughs> <laughs> like a really hairy, yeah. gangrene, uh, yeah, giant. Uh, uh, what's that thing you had removed there? A bunion. Bunion. Yeah, uh, right. loaded foot with corns on it. Probably, yeah. but I don't want to make fun of the guy because no. I don't know what kind of situations he's in because he's. Oh. He's too much of a coward to put pictures of himself on his Facebook page. That's right. There you go. It's uh, 625 on Rock 102. Get- Juan with Bax and Nagel on Rock 102. It's time for news brought to you by Aquapump, an expert in all water supply systems from the well for the pump and into the house. Here's local radio icon Steve Nagel. Oh, excuse me. I just had something stuck in my throat there. What was that? Uh, I think it was part of my Dunkin' Ice coffee this morning. It should have uh, washed down by now, don't you think? Uh, uh, yeah, but I swallowed it the wrong way because uh, I took a sip right before we came on. Sure. I'm trying to go into a very sad story, and I don't want to uh, diminish that. So uh, let's change gears. Uh, go on. All right. Uh, a chicken man uh, unfortunately died in a motorcycle crash on I-91 northbound in West Springfield during the Tuesday morning commute, according to Mass State Police Sergeant Corey Mackey. At around 6.25 a.m., troopers were called to a single motor vehicle crash on I-81 North in West Springfield. The motorcyclist, a 24-year-old Chickabee man, died due to that crash. The crash was just past uh, exit 10A and 10B in West Springfield. State police closed the left-hand lanes of traffic in the area, that uh, led to, leading to backups uh, that began as far as the 291 overpass. State police say two additional and separate multi-vehicle crashes involving a total of five vehicles uh, took place shortly after 7 a.m. in the same area, so it was like a, it was mm. a chaotic mess because you got other accidents to attend to on top of this uh, horrific one too. Uh, the crashes are being investigated by Troop B of the Mass State Police and uh, the Hamden, or the State Police Detective Unit for Hamden County. Uh, let's see, Springfield Police have arrested a 15-year-old as a suspect of a shooting Monday afternoon. In the area of Acorn and Sycamore Streets, an 18-year-old man was seriously injured in the shooting. According to the Springfield Police Department spokesman Ryan Walsh, at approximately 3.20 p.m., officers were called to the area of Acorn and Sycamore Streets for a shot spotter activation. Two homes and three vehicles had been hit by gunfire. A short time later, a man with a gunshot wound was privately escorted to Bay State Medical Center with serious injuries. Police reviewed the video and spoke with witnesses and were able to identify a suspect around midnight on Monday. Police arrested the 15-year-old boy at his home on Wilmot Street. 
The teenager was also one of the individuals that helped the gunshot victim into the hospital. The detective unit and Hamden County DA's office are investigating. Starting them young. Yeah, 15 years old. Uh, that's uh, that's awful. Uh, one person was injured following a hit-and-run pedestrian accident on Damon Road in Northampton on Tuesday afternoon. Around 2.10 p.m., Northampton police were called to an accident near the intersection of Damon and River Run Road, where a crosswalk was recently installed. According to police, the pedestrian was walking along the crosswalk when a truck pulling a landscape trailer hit the pedestrian. The driver did not stop and left the area. The pedestrian was taken to the hospital for injuries, but is expected to be okay. If you have any information or witness the accident, you're asked to contact the Northampton Police Department. You know, they never found, I mean, that that boy has since recovered, but they never found that white van in, uh, in Hadley. That seriously injured that kid back oh, yeah, in the fall, yeah. uh, which which I've heard he's 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 recovered since from the accident. But, but they never found the dude in the car. No, no, they never found the van. Uh, it's too bad. <clears throat> the white creeper van. Yeah, but it could have been any van. If you you drive away and don't take responsibility for your actions, it's well, uh, it's messed up. Well, yeah, but I mean. You can kind of see the irresponsibility of somebody who drives a white van around. <laughs> well, Not that I know anybody who drives around in a white van. No, I, but listen, I'm I just get saying. it. I yeah. get it. It is it is the creepiest vehicle you could get. Like you know, obviously you got to uh, you you drive one of those for work, but the stereotype is you know you're some kidnapper. Yeah, but if you got like a like a white van and it's got logos on it, yeah. at least it's it's an identifying vehicle. Yeah, you're not gonna see that much creepy stuff happen. But the white van with no logos, no bumper stickers, no identifying marks, no you know ping pong ball you know, on the antenna. I mean, that's that's the kind of vehicle you say. Ooh, maybe you want to step back a few feet away. I think. Uh, you know what what it really comes down to is uh, there are different types of vehicles that could be the creeper vehicle it doesn't always have to be the white van i think you're blanketing everybody who drives a white van as some sort of predator well, when is that not true i i think the real creeper van is the van with the curtains on the windows you know those old like 80s <laughs> They were like popular yeah. among uh, large families back in the day. Well, I and, think uh, back, you know, back when you had, uh, you know, the the family van. Yeah, the curtain was standard. That was w- standard. was standard with the car, right? Yeah, right. but now it's like that's uh, uh, went the way of the dinosaur. Uh, yeah, yet some people are still driving around with those. I think if the captain's chairs in the back row have been removed and been replaced by a king size mattress, that's. Yeah. That's when you really have to worry. <laughs> you know what I saw on Facebook Marketplace the other day for sale was a party bus, like one of those uh, had been driven two hundred thousand miles. <laughs> that's a lot of that's a big party. Yeah, but it's but it was one of those little like uh, you ever see like the shuttle bus like like something you'd take at the airport yeah. to go get your car. Right. It was one of those shuttle buses, and, and inside it had like it was just one bench wrapped around <laughs> the thing, and it says uh, it, it was described as a true panty dropper. Was the was the description of the, really uh, of of the bus, and I'm like, yeah, I could see that going with the LED lights inside. Oh yeah. The only thing is, you, you're buying something that has two hundred thousand miles on it. So, you know, what if you decide? It said you could either have parties on your own or take a bu- rent a bunch of, rent it out. What if the thing breaks down? Like, who's the mechanic? Hey, the for thing that? Is, if the thing breaks down, 
doesn't mean the party has to stop. No, the party just keeps on going. That's it. It's yeah. a party van. Of course, you might be out in the middle of winter and you're, you know, you freeze to death and get frostbite because the heat doesn't work in the in the sure. bus now. When but. the when the Ubers come, that's when the party's over. The the Uber, <laughs> the Uber yeah. that's it. When the Ubers arrive to take everybody away from the party, uh, party's done. They're all going home now. Now we just have the empty, uh, abandoned bus. <laughs> Following the failed superintendent search, some residents in East Hampton this week have officially begun the formal process to rec- recall chairperson Cynthia Kwasinski from the school committee in East Hampton. Last Thursday, East Hampton City Clerk Barbara Bombard confirmed that she had certified the required 400 signatures for the effort to move forward after two residents turned in a petition. Whoa. What's going on there? A little, uh, I don't know, uh, processing. Oof. Yeah. That hurts. Eating a lot of feelings this morning. So <laughs> kind of <laughs> drumming them up. I'm only I'm only uh, eating aggression. Uh, well, it's, it's working. Um, uh, anyway, the 400 signatures uh, to move forward the petition forward in order to for the recall process to continue they will need to reach 2517 signatures by june 8th as of tuesday the group of petitioners had just a little over 200 signatures people are finally noticing and it just uh, shines a larger light on it said organizer kathy wazinski of east hampton wazinski said uh, that if they retrieve all the signatures kuzinski would have five days to resign wow wow I didn't realize it was that uh, it could go that quick. While uh, hundreds in the city are backing this plan, not everyone is on board, especially with elections coming in just a few months. I don't understand why we keep doing this and we're going down what we're dividing our little city even more in a very divided country. Can't we just let this die down? See, that's the problem, though. You know, people are so focused on the national stage of all these like crazy things that are going on. Right. You can't really control any of that stuff, but you can control your local politics. You know, it's... It kind of, st- you know, I'm one of these, uh, it starts in your backyard kind of guy. But it does. Yeah. It really does. Well, remember, you're remember, not pretend- the old Tip O'Neill uh, thing where it says, you know, all politics is local? Yeah. He wasn't wrong. No. Because you can't do anything about the national politics except, you know, you know contribute your vote once every four years. But the local politics, yeah. that's when you actually have a voice to do things. And, and that's the thing. It's like, I get that there's some people who don't want this attention and want it to go away, but it's really important that you not... If you don't stop that kind of crap at the low level, then that's how it becomes on the national stage like that. That's right. So... But, you know, uh, in a situation like this where you have townspeople kind of embarrassed by what's gone on there. Yeah. Uh, you know, I mean, it would it should be no surprise if they could pull this off. What is the deadline to get all those uh, signatures? Yeah, see, that's the thing. I mean, you know, you may or may not get the 2,500 signatures you need by June 8th. But again, it's and I get that the election is coming up in November and people are saying it's a big waste of money. Well, you know what? You could argue that there are many other things that were a waste of money, like the initial superintendent search. You know what would be a bigger waste of money? If no one ran against her. Yeah. You know, that would, because you would have gone through all of this, but there needs to be somebody who would be willing to take that place you or know, take that position on that council. And I think that's might might be where the town might run into trouble because it's it's not an easy job. It's not an easy job to be on those, those committees and... and and have to make all these decisions, 
and you know you're in hours long meetings these people have jobs during the day it's not like uh, that's their only thing that they do no i get that but yeah. the, but but the kinds of decisions you're talking about here yeah. you know if you're making decisions about whether it's budgetary decisions or you know decisions about curriculum or whatever it may be that you think might be better for kids or worse for you know, whatever it is that's one thing but a decision on a on a hiring situation that devolves into something that we, we've just seen over the last couple of months yeah that's a that's an error in judgment that's oh, that's a that's a judgment oh, it, call it absolutely is but i'm talking about for the the next person that wants to take on that job you yeah. like that's a lot of work for to to take take on so nope. it's hard to find somebody who's willing to dedicate that amount of time uh, to 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 this committee. I don't think anyone is suggesting that it's a simple job or a simple process to to do the right thing in that job. But I mean, you know, considering what they've put East Hampton through over the last couple of months, yeah. you know, I don't know, man. I don't know. I I would have thought there would have been a recall mayor for a uh, recall for the mayor instead because she was the one that changed her vote and then of course you know, and I'll bring up that incident again where she had the uh, the racist incident with the students the year prior and then makes a moral decision to go, oh, yeah, this guy's not fit for the job because he said ladies in an email. Yeah. Doesn't make a lot of sense. A uh, 37-year-old uh, landlord in Minnesota named Travis Carlson deliberately set his apartment on fire last Thursday while blasting uh, the 33-year-old Billy Joel song, We Didn't Start the Fire. Couldn't he pick the bigger or better Billy Joel song? I know. That, that's like, that song is not good. Even Billy Joel will tell you it's not his it's, best song. No. It was more of like a like a history lesson thing for him. Travis drilled holes in his truck's gas tank, put the gas into cans, then carried them back and forth up to his apartment. His downstairs tenant heard him smashing glass and breaking things for about 20 minutes. Then he knocked on the tenant's door and told him, uh, the house is on fire. When firefighters arrived, they found the apartment on fire with we didn't start the fire blaring from the unit. Uh, Travis uh, could face up to 20 years in prison. It's unclear why he did it or if he tried to argue that it was always burning since the world's been turning. You know, I, I would have been happy with like, uh, you know, Uptown Girl or uh, The Longest Time. That's a that's a that's a that's a good toe tap and Diddy right there. Yeah. Or. Um only the good die young. That, was, good a, that die was a young. big hit. That was a good one. Sing his hits. Yeah, that's don't don't sing something that rhymes with hits. Yeah, just sing the sing the good ones. I like Captain Jack. Captain Jack is a classic. It's a long one, but it's a good one. Yeah, yeah, no, I agree. Uh, your Pioneer Valley forecast is going to be rainy today with a high of seventy eight. Tomorrow sunny with a high of sixty seven. It's forty seven right now in downtown Springfield. I'm Steve Nagel, and that's the news on Rock one hundred two. Oh yeah. Springfield's class. And now, Bax's View from the Couch. Brought to you by Rocky's Ace Hardware. Your grilling headquarters. Weber, Big Green Egg, Uni Pizza Ovens, and Traeger Wood Fired Grills. Hey, good morning sports fans. How the heck are you? Well, folks, the Boston Celtics have officially been granted a stay of execution. Their inevitable demise has been extended by at least one more day. Thanks to their highly unexpected Game 4 win over the Miami Heat last night, 116-99. This, of course, comes just a few short hours after Boston's Marcus Smart warned the Miami Heat, don't let us get one, just don't let us get one. Which, of course, Miami did when they got slapped around by the Celtics by 17 points. Of course, these are the sorts of things that happen when Jason Tatum pulls out three 33 points against you. 
that's when teams tend to lose. And that would have been a very important thing to remember during the first three games of this series. Instead, the Celtics found themselves staring at almost certain elimination. But rather than fold like nearly all of us expected them to, the series will now go to game five. What does this mean exactly? Based upon the NBA's long history, it appears to mean absolutely nothing. Because since the creation of the NBA in 1946, no team has ever come back from a three-game deficit to win a seven-game series. And while that same situation has been tested nearly 150 times over the last 76 years, there is nobody, and I mean nobody, who believes that the Boston Celtics will somehow magically reverse the trend. But if it happens, then they will need to win game five tomorrow night in Boston. That'll be the first thing they have to do. And while the thoughts of winning gave both game six and seven seem a little down the road, it's probably for the best to concentrate on one game at a time. And while things like history, statistics, probabilities, and basic common sense would have you preparing for the worst possible outcome, let's give them credit for at least showing a pulse last night in game four. Show me the same effort tomorrow night and maybe my sense of imminent doom will start to soften. But until then, I got another 24 hours to prepare myself for another colossal disappointment, just in case. But hey, and if my yappin' sports brought to you by Rocky's Ace Hardware. Miss step one, your lawn's doomed. Actually, if you go to Rocky for Scott's step two, three, four package deal, only 80 bucks, your lawn's gonna be fine. But it's hungry for step two right now. So get Scott's uh, step two, three, four deal at your neighborhood Rocky's Ace Hardware. I'm back. That's my view from the couch. Rock 102, Springfield's... Rock 102, Springfield's Classic Rock at 712 and Aerosmith with Bax and Nagel and Rock 102. Going to be rainy today with a high of 78. I don't know when the rain's going to start. Maybe uh, by afternoon. And then uh, tomorrow, sunny with a high of 67. It's 47 right now in downtown Springfield. There's always something going on with uh, the trends among parenting uh, children. Yeah, uh, that's true. Days. Here's the here's the the latest thing. Um, I I kind of question uh, people's judgment on these. Someone sent a letter to uh, Slate.com's parenting advice column mm-hmm. asking why parents are now encouraging little kids to go number two outside. Are they? They said they keep seeing it at public parks and playgrounds, but no, they're not just going on the ground. They said parents are bringing, quote, little portable toilet bowls for their children to use. They set them up under trees within feet of playgrounds and picnic areas so their kids can use them instead of public restrooms. They said it seems kind of gross because there's no sink. They just go back to the playground and start spreading your germs everywhere. Right. So this is uh, something that's actually, so is this something that's actually common these days? And according to Slate.com writer, yes. And he actually shamed the person for complaining about it. He claims it's always been a thing. He thinks it might just be more common now because more parents started doing it when COVID hit and public bathrooms were closed. He said parents don't care if they're making random childless people uncomfortable uh, it seems like the people who take issue with this are the same ones who have problems with moms breastfeeding in public. No, that's uh, not. No, that's, that's two not completely true. different things. Yeah, I two mean, two completely different things. I, I, yeah, I'm never offended by a woman breastfeeding in public. Yeah, to me, uh, you know, kids got to eat. Yeah, you know, and if you're if you're the kind of person that uh, you know gets bothered by the sound of crying children, uh, I got news for you: uh, breastfeeding usually shuts them right up. Uh, and they got to eat. 
Yeah. But uh, as far as uh, you know, using the, the outdoors as a bathroom, you know, I grew up in the in the in the in a, in a very rural town, and yeah. we only had one toilet for years. So if things got, you know, if somebody was in there, you had to do what you got to do. Got to do what you got to do. But, yeah, but you go outside and you dig a trench in the woods and nobody can see you. Yeah, you just cover it up with leaves and pretend it didn't exist. And you lie about it. Yeah, well, what if somebody went walking through those woods? Not my problem. Oh, wow. You are just the worst <laughs> kind of person. <laughs> uh, I mean, I, get, I understand, like, it's hard uh, sometimes to, to bring a kid, get a kid to a bathroom. And I'm actually, uh, somebody that used to work here told me that they would bring the little, even when the kid was older, would bring the little porta potty. But the kid would do that in private, like in the car. Yeah. Like you, nobody would be able to see them. The idea that you're bringing a kid out in public and doing this right where you're eating, it does, doesn't <sighs> yeah. seem very sanitary. Now, is, but according to this, this story, though, it's, is this only when public toilets and, and porta potties are not available? No. No. Or this is in lieu of sitting on, in, a, in an outhouse? This is this is in lieu of of going into a public restroom. All right, see that's that I uh, that's where I have a problem. Yeah, with. if you have a bathroom available, you should be using it. And you know what? Uh, not every porta potty is the same. I've been in some that are beautiful. Yeah, I got a, fr- a friend of mine lives in uh, in Westport, Massachusetts. Okay. Yeah. Owns the uh, the Buzzards Bay uh, Brewing Company out there, and uh, they were doing some remodeling, and they had what I thought was the most outstanding mobile toilet I had ever seen. Mm-hmm. I've never seen anything like this. Was it, it was spacious. It was well lit. It, you could. It was. It was room. Was to this move. one of those like air conditioned ones? Yeah. You know, I've seen. I, I've done a lot of weddings, and I've seen those at like like a lot of these like barn weddings and things like that, where you don't have fifth public facilities. Yes. They have these trailers that pull up, and they're gorgeous. You're almost happy to be going to the bathroom where yeah. some, where a million people have gone. But that's no different than any at that point. It's no different than any other public uh, public facility. Y- you're right. You know. But you feel like you're in a bathroom in those things. Yes, you as do. As opposed to the plastic, you know, uh, two foot of leg room porta potty. Yeah. So given the choice between either having your kid go in the woods or use the uh, the uh, the porta potty, you know, life is about uh, understanding, you know, where you got to go. Right. And you know, if the porta potty is there, you got to teach your kid how to use it. Because there's no getting around it. At some point in their life, they will have to use a porta potty. And, and at some point in your life, you're going to wind up running into a disgusting bathroom somewhere, anyway. Yes, <laughs> that, that you uh, that you definitely use still yeah. because you have to go. Yeah, just, just pull over any rest stop outside of Massachusetts. You'll find some of the most disgusting bathroom facilities in the world. I remember driving through Delaware a, f- a few years ago. Uh, and we had to stop at it was a Royal Farms, which is like Cumberland Farms of the of the mid Atlantic, I guess you would call it. Yeah. And uh, that was the problem was there was the only bathroom within you know twenty twenty five minutes of where we were. Sure. 
And uh, it was disgusting. There was a line to use the disgusting bathroom. They were down to one of the two bathrooms that they had there. Mm-hmm. It's vacation season. It's still like sort of COVID uh, protocols in there. So sure. like there was a, you know, you had to wear a mask and uh, you're waiting in line. And uh, the, the, the thing was like absolutely destroyed. But nobody really seemed to care about how disgusting that bathroom is because we all just had to go. You know? Well, see, that's just the thing. Yeah. I mean, I've been in, like, rest stops in New Jersey yeah. and in Indiana, and they're disgusting. They're horrifying. In fact, you almost wish that you could just skip around those states. But, you know, when you get to a certain age and you've been eating snacks in the in the car, you got to go. You're having a coffee in the, while, you, while you're driving. But you get to Ohio. Oh, my gosh. You're like, you're, it's like the Rolls Royce of public toilets. Yeah unbelievable i would relieve myself in the state of ohio the buckeye state any day of the week i don't need anything grandiose but i at least need the unit to be clean clean right that's clean. what i'm getting even at. if you're in like an old janitor clay ever going to one of those old gas stations and they're like where's the bathroom oh it's uh you know around the corner outside here's the giant key with the big or on it that we we because <laughs> we don't want to get the key stolen and you go in there, and it's like you're in a janitor's closet because you got the sink and all that stuff. That's right. But at least if it's clean and the toilet functions properly, and it has soap to wash your hands afterwards. That's all that matters. And toilet paper. That's it. That's all you need. Essentials. I would also prefer. Uh, I would also prefer paper towels. What's the nicest bathroom you've ever been in? It was actually in New York City. Really? Yes. And That's surprising. It was a, a, at a restaurant I went to, and it had. Uh, you know, get a load of this. The bathroom had clear glass. Each individual stall had a clear glass door. Now you think, well, well, you, what's the privacy? Yeah. There's no privacy. Well, you close the door, you lock it, and all of a sudden, yeah, the, the glass just turned into like this opaque cloud where no one could see in. Oh, that's cool. It was totally cool, and I was like, wow, I, I feel like I could come here every day and take care of business. Yeah, I just thought that was like the coolest bathroom I'd ever seen. I uh, I, I I can't like think of off the top of my head where the nicest bathroom I've ever seen is. But, yeah, but I admired the bathrooms at the View Street Tavern last week. Really, where the Loft Comedy Club is because and and it's because it's all redone. But but it's a big spacious bathroom. Mm-hmm. I I like space. Yeah, I got I got to spread it out. Yeah, I really do. But uh, you know what? Take your kid into the bathroom, even if it smells. You, there's no reason you should be letting your child go number two right next yeah. to where you're eating or where they're playing. The moment you start relying on just the woods to be your child's yeah. toilet, you create a situation where a kid becomes afraid to use the public toilet. Yeah, and and then and then what have you created? You create a monster. Some kid who's never going to want to go into a porta potty and is going to, like, for example, let's say you take your kids to Festa in Ludlow, right? They got that whole line of porta potties. You're going to create a situation where that yeah. kid's going to be afraid of those porta potties and he's going to have to go relieve himself behind the church? Please. You remember that guy? The, the place of God, for crying out loud. You remember that guy in New Jersey was the superintendent of schools for some district and he was. He was doing yes. it every day. He it wasn't just like a one-off thing where he had to go so bad. He uh, you know, dropped trow if you will. Yes. And uh, and went on the track. He did it like almost every day until they finally started putting cameras out there, realized it was him and then he was caught. 
that's the kind of person you create <laughs> by not bringing them to the bathroom. Yeah, and that's that's why you, you have to introduce that situation to your kids at an early age so that fear and trepidation and anxiety do not become a part of their everyday routine. Yeah, bring your kids to a damn bathroom. It's 723 with Bax and Nagel on Rock 102. 733. With Bax and Nagel on Rock 102, it's time for news, and it's brought to you by Gary Rome Hyundai. Go to Gary Rome Hyundai today, get 0% financing on select models. Here's local radio icon Steve Nagel. Thanks, Bax. A Chickabee man uh, died in a motorcycle crash on I-91 northbound in West Springfield during yesterday morning's commute. According to the Mass State Police Sergeant uh, Corey Mackey, at around 6.25 a.m., troopers were called to a single-vehicle motorcycle crash on I-91 north in West Springfield. The motorcyclist, a 24-year-old Chicopee man, died due to that crash. It was just past exits 10A and 10B in West Springfield. State police closed the left-hand lanes of traffic in the area, leading to backups that began as far as before uh, the Chicopee curve. And that we actually heard that it was it was backed up even almost to downtown, like that 291 yeah. uh, inter, uh, interchange there. Uh, the cause of the crash is being investigated uh, by Troop B of the Mass State Police. There were also two additional and separate multi-vehicle crashes involving a total of five vehicles that took place shortly after 7 a.m. in the same area. So it was pretty chaotic, and that's why the traffic was backed up uh, for so long. Yeah. <clears throat> um, we, we heard it early on that, that it was uh, fatal, but had no way of confirming that. So Yeah, you don't want to say that when, no. you, when you don't have any uh, proof, you know. Uh, police are investigating a large fight involving juveniles in Enfield on Tuesday afternoon. afternoon. Police said the fight happened on Pearl Street near Cross Street. The Enfield town manager said that words were exchanged between two girls on Monday night. Ooh, cat fight. Ow. No, it's woof. And then oh. you say, no, it's round. It's round. Uh, I'm gonna, and said things escalated on social media the following day. Right now at social media... Uh, everything, uh, why does this thing jump all over the place? What the hell is this? Steve, people, no one wants to hear your problems. They just want to hear about the story. Anyway, uh, right now with social media, everything follows you, so you're never really alone from anything that might be plaguing you, uh, with a friendship, relationship, uh, family relationships, romantic relationships. It's a constant presence, and I think that has severely impacted, and it's been difficult to handle how to get appropriate services, said Enfield Town Manager Ellen Zappo Sasu. Oh, she's quite, uh... You know, insightful. Yeah, I'll say. Two people were hurt in the fight, and no arrests have been made yet. Do we know? I mean, we kind of know, but we, do we really know what started this little argument? The other story, uh, it, it was about a boy. <sighs> Ladies, I'm going to give you a bit of advice, and I, and I want you to carry this with you for the rest of your life. No boy is worth fighting over. As a boy myself, I know how they operate. We're not worth it, ladies. We're not worth it. No, we're really not. I mean... Men start off as boys. And when they're boys, they're disgusting, smelly, stupid little creatures. You do not want to be fist fighting over us. Men are like buses. You get off one, and right around five minutes later, there'll be another one there's, coming. There's another the one coming around the block. Unless you're in a smaller city where you'd have to wait maybe 10, 15, 25 yes. minutes for the next one to come unless around. Unless you're in a rural area yeah, where there is no public is, transportation. Yeah, there is no bus, and uh, you have to call somebody for a ride or hitchhike your way home. Yes, that's 
That's always tough going. Uh, <laughs> and while we're in Connecticut, a man was charged with driving under the influence after police say he tried to drive on I-95 in the wrong direction Sunday morning. Was that wrong? Had I had uh, noticed the wrong way sign going mm-hmm. onto the highway, uh, this might have never happened. 25-year-old Victor Bassett of North Stonington was arrested just before he looks hammered, too. <laughs> you see these mug shots? Where, where is this? It's on WFSB. He just looks like he's like, Aah. Just before 3 a.m., police said a red GMC Sierra pickup truck was spotted in Stonington at the intersection of Pequot Trail and the I-95 northbound off-ramp. The pickup truck driver then tried to get on I-95 northbound in the wrong direction. Officers intercepted the driver before he could travel down the exit ramp. (laughs) Doesn't he look like, doesn't he look just like... (laughs) All right, he's a young guy. And you know how it is like when someone's really, uh, really stewed, like one eye is open wide and one is kind of like half opened there there's no there there's no uh there's no symbiotic relationship to the size of the eyes why are you shining that big flashy thing in my face hey they were pulling everybody going the wrong way over in 95 I think I've been profiled. I was just following that truck full of leprechauns that was teaching me over to how to put stuff in the thing. I thought it was the other thing that said do not enter. Uh, Officials said the driver identified as Bassett appeared confused and exhibited signs of intoxication. Really? After additional officers arrived, Bassett and his vehicle were relocated to a safe location. Yeah, it's called jail. It's like, why do they do that? It's called a drunk tank. Yeah, I don't understand why they relocated to a safe location. He was arrested. (laughs) But at least he was safe. Are they meaning like safe location, like off of the exit ramp, and then they did a field sobriety test, and then they arrested him? Because they don't say anything about arresting him. They just said- A safe location as opposed to driving the wrong way down a major interstate highway. Yeah, Uh, Young man, why don't you get in the back of my car? We're going to take you to a very safe location. (sighs) You'll be given a steel metal bed. (laughs) And, a, and an army blanket. Yeah, I'm trying to remember where I was. I saw I saw someone driving the wrong side of the road the other day, and I was on yeah you know, I was on that same road going the right way, and someone just turns onto a one way, and you're just yeah. going, "What in God's name was that guy just thinking of?" Because usually it's pretty right. clear when it's a one way. Highways are typically one way going in one direction. Yeah, but you know what? After uh, after driving with Barry Krieger last week, who did a U-turn right in the middle of uh, <laughs> with Elm, Elm Street, Street and Enfield, um, I've seen people at the Rotary here in East Longmeadow. Oh yeah, like take a left turn <laughs> and go down the other way. Like you're oh, coming out, like Shaker. What's the street that the school is on? I always forget. Maple. That. Maple. All right, so you come down Shaker. This is what this woman did. Oh yeah, I couldn't believe it. She came down Shaker, and then instead of going all the way around the circle like you should, she just took a left and yeah. went down Maple. I've seen somebody, you know, okay, so you know where Pleasant Street goes, yeah. right? Okay, so Pleasant Street comes in, you know, between the bank and what used to be the uh, <laughs> Perrin's gas station, uh, the old Pride station, come down Pleasant Street, and then rather turn right to get into yeah. uh, the the Rotary, they just go straight. Straight right to Maple. How is it, after all of these years, that no one has come up with a better design for that? Because it could be, it it could be definitely improved. Yeah. Oh yeah. 
No one's got the stomach to do it. Why? Because everyone's so used to doing it in the cockamamie way they're doing it or, now. Or is it one of those, uh, like, part of your nostalgia? Ah, this thing's always been here and always will. <laughs> we- seven roads coming into one location. We've been doing it incorrectly for generations, and I'll be doggone hornswoggled if we changed it now. It does seem kind of stupid that we continue to have that intersection. I, I feel bad for people who are out of state. And and those well, are usually the people yeah, that, that yeah. screw it all up. And people from out of state who have no idea what they've gotten themselves into. Two things I saw yesterday, continuing with this rotary uh, discussion, somebody was from out of state. Uh, it was it was they had Louisiana plates on. Okay, and because I, 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 I didn't understand why this, I'm like, it's your turn to go. Why are you not going? They were on the left coming out from the Pride Station, and I'm. Right in front of the Rockies and the Starbucks there. Took Elm Street. Yeah. Yeah. So I, I, I was like, uh, I'm waiting for this guy to go. And then I finally started to move. And then he starts to move. You know, it's that kind of thing. Yeah. And I was like, all right, just go. And it was a, ironically, it was a Cayenne from, uh, a Porsche Cayenne from Louisiana. From Louisiana. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, Jesus. And uh, you could tell that, like, the way they were driving through very slowly Ooh, which way do I go from here? It is confusing yeah, to somebody well. who's never been here before. A uh, Springfield man has pleaded guilty to charges related to theft, transportation, and sale of stolen catalytic converters, as well as engaging in money laundering in federal court in Boston. Jose Torres, known as Goldie or Goldie Tech, that's his, that's that's his, his nickname. nickname, was part of a group of individuals, including six other men who were arrested on April 12th, on charges related to catalytic converter thefts. The group was involved in stealing catalytic converters from over 470 vehicles during the period of 2022 and 2023. These converters, which contain precious metals, are, you know, obviously expensive and people want them. Uh, catalytic converter theft has become a widespread problem across various communities, resulting in damage to vehicles and significant financial losses for victims. These things are like $2,000 or more to replace. For some, on it's small actually, cars. It's actually worth more than the car itself. That's what I'm saying. And the metal in it. Uh, the charges against Torres include conspiracy to transport stolen uh, property or in interstate commerce, and a conspiracy to commit money laundering, and uh, not being that good that you didn't get caught. <laughs> you know one, thing to steal, one thing to steal a catalytic converter. Yeah. It's another thing to not be very good at getting away with it. Well, I mean, uh, I guess every professional has a screw up. Once in a while. Of course. Of course. It only takes one major mistake to screw up the entire process. Your uh, Pioneer Valley forecast today, sunny to start, then rain this afternoon with a high of 78. Tomorrow, clear with a high of 67. It is 47 right now in downtown Springfield. I'm Steve Nagel, and that's the news on Rock 102. Aw, yeah. Here's Rock 102, Springfield's Classic Rock at 751 and Cream with Bax and Nagel and Rock 102. Going to be uh, rainy this afternoon with a high of 78. Tomorrow, sunny with a high of 67. It's 47 right now in downtown Springfield. Big Bonk and Smoke coming back to the log cabin on Wednesday, June 21st. Tickets are on sale now. And if you've never been to a Big Bonk and Smoke, it's a real nice, sophisticated night with a lot of classy dudes like you and me and other people. Your admission includes a few cigars from the Cigar Room 2 in Angawam. You got a T-shirt from GG Inc.'s Custom Printing and a premium food spread that is delicious. Details, tickets are all available at rock102.com. Tickets can also be purchased in person at the Cigar Room 2 in Angawam. Cigar smoking is not a safe alternative to cigarettes. you got to be over 21 with a positive ID tenter. It's the Big Bonk and Smoke, June 21st at the Log Cabin. 
Brought to you by Dave Miner Exterior Home Improvements, Aquapump, and Rock 102 Springfield's Classic Rock. How about a little uh, musical intro interlude, huh? Sure. Ah, yes. Yeah. Now hear this yeah. with Bex and Nagel on Rock 102. You know, I was looking for a, a, a video that I saw last night. Yeah. It's a video, and I wasn't able to find it, So, but they're out there. And if you if you look hard enough, you will find it. Charlie Baker, the former governor of Massachusetts, was at the uh, the Blink One Eighty Two show in Mansfield. Yeah, and there's uh, there's video of him. Wait, why was Charlie Baker at the Blink One Eighty Two show to begin with? Apparently, he's a huge fan of Blink One Eighty Two. Really, huge fan. What's his age again? He's slightly older than me. So what is he like? Hey, 60, 61? That totally went over you, but he's. <laughs> It's a song by Blink-182. I know. Anyway, uh, the point is there's a great video of him, like, dancing to the band, all six foot six of them, mm-hmm. like like he's a like he's an 18-year-old kid. Yeah. It's absolutely hilarious. Was his favorite album The Enema of the State? I can't imagine it wouldn't be. Yeah. yeah. There you go. Good, Good yeah. for Charlie Baker, though. Really showing cool. His, showing his youth. I wish I had that video in the audio for you. Uh, do you know anybody named Kyle? Yes, I do. Well, the gathering of Kyles in Kyle, Texas, fell short again of breaking the world record for the most people with the same name gathered in one place. They missed the mark by 835 Kyles. How many do they have? I don't, they don't say. (laughs) They hear a couple of the Kyles at the event talking about it. Kyle Fair, the largest gathering of Kyles in the entire world. Uh, Tried to beat the world record, but just a little short today. This is one of the biggest gatherings of the Kyles I have ever been. It's it's remarkable. Um, I hope to come back next year and try again and bring like 10 more Kyles with me. Okay. Why are we doing that? (laughs) Because everyone likes to be a part of a world record. Where's the Steve Festival or the Mike Festival? I don't know. Probably they're, they're probably out there. I mean, I get it because it's Kyle, Texas, so they're probably, you know, trying to bring attention to the town if you will but i'm looking for steve festivals all i got is a steve harvey festival which isn't really the same yeah i i, I wouldn't know mike festivals uh there is a steve stock in sandston virginia but oh. i don't think that's the same thing that's nah, probably not the same thing anyway moving along a uh, georgia inmate uh tunneled through a wall in an attempt to harm a man in a neighboring cell cavian thomas allegedly dug a hole through a wall in a shower stall and attacked DeAndre Russell. Here is interim Fulton County Jail Commander Curtis Clark talking about the deplorable conditions at this aging facility. An idle mine is the devil's workshop. Found shanks were made from parts of the building. This jail has clearly outlived its useful life, and our daily job is to make it as safe as we possibly can, not only for staff but for the inmates as well. I have lost so much sleep since being assigned to run this location or this facility. It's difficult to talk about. He sounds like the guy that really doesn't do anything, but <laughs> but like guard the desk. Yeah, and right. then somebody came in from the news. Everybody else is too busy to talk to them, and he's like, "Well, I'll step up to the plate and talk." <laughs> yeah, this place is falling apart in shambles. We want to make it safe for the staff and the prisoners too. Don't forget about, but them. mostly the staff. Yeah. Uh, wouldn't it be interesting, though, that if the hole that this guy dug with a spoon or whatever the hell it was yeah. was covered up with a Rockhill Welch poster? Oh, oh yeah. Oh, yeah. beautiful Rockhill Welch. Yes. Yeah. Wouldn't that be ironic? Uh, it would be ironic, but it w- I, I, you'd have to use a, a, a star today. You know, if it was covered up with a, uh, 
I don't know, uh, a B. Arthur poster. Or yeah, it wouldn't, make uh, this, wouldn't mean the same thing. You wouldn't have a, you a B. Have... Arthur poster See, in prison? No... What, what, kind, what, kind of, what kind of man are you? Because nobody would take that down. They'd look at it and they'd go, oh, my God, what kind of freak are you? <laughs> There's plenty of other women out I... there that you can put posters up of, and you want B. Arthur? I suppose Raquel Welch would have made sense, but, uh, yeah, yeah, B. Arthur. Uh, and a Florida man, of course, lost his arm when a 10-foot alligator bit him near a pond behind a bar. Here are the moments directly after Manny Hidalgo was attacked while good Samaritans were tending to his wound just before first responders hey, arrived. Hey, come here. Come here, bro. Got bit by an alligator. His whole arm came off, bro. You're good. You're good, dude. You're good. You're good. You're out of the water now. Roll him over. Roll him over and put a tourniquet on him. You're a soldier, bro. They need to get here. Yeah, Yeah. This is behind a bar. So here's the the thing. You really are hoping for EMTs to show up as quickly as possible because you don't know what any of these drunks. You know, this is probably one of these, hey, let's go outside and see if we can mess with that alligator back there. And then they mess with the alligator. The alligator does what it's supposed to do and bite your arm off. Of course, the reaction is very you know, stereotypical of a drunk at a bar. Yeah. Oh, dude. Yeah. He just, bruh, Ugh. he just bit your arm off, dude. Oh, man, that was crazy. Next round's on me. Uh, yeah, alcohol and uh, and reptiles probably are not a good idea to mix. Anything that can rip your arm off your, and alcohol is not a good combination. Uh, that is now here. This it is 757 with Bax and Nagel on Rock 102. Ah. Rock 102. Rock 102, Springfield's Classic Rock. It's 811 and Heart. Barracuda with Bax and Nagel on Rock 102. Uh, Going to be sunny to start. Then rain moves in uh, later today with a high of 78. Tomorrow, sunny with a high of 67. It's 47 right now in downtown Springfield. A perfect day uh, to go celebrate Colonial America. Actually, uh, that's kind of crappy weather to be driving around and uh, you know milling around Sturbridge. Uh, it's actually part of the experience, Bax. No, <laughs> is that what they're telling you? Well, it's uh, the the old ponchos. I'm I'm uh, heading to a field trip for Old Sturbridge Village uh, after the show this morning. Have you uh, have you been to Old Sturbridge Village before? I, I've been to Old Sturbridge Village many times, and not by choice. It was uh, because of events scheduled. Like I DJed a lot of weddings over at Old Sturbridge I Village. See. Um, but you've, you, have you ever been around uh, you know, the, the 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 you know Sturbridge Village itself as a a tourist? Uh, no, mm. no. But I've been to old Deerfield Village, yeah. which is kind of the same, mm-hmm. I would imagine. And I've been to uh, Plymouth Plantation, but you can't call it a plantation anymore. It's called something yeah, else. It's Plymouth Village. You know, uh, when I was a youngster, uh, you know, Plymouth, Sturbridge, yeah. and uh, a couple other like local things we would go to were always the field trips yeah. every year. And I remember the first time, very specifically, uh, going to Sturbridge Village as a kid and saying, hey, uh, when can we get back on the bus? And the teacher said, we just got here. Yeah, I know, but when can we just get back? Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. That's when you want to end the trip. Yeah, because you're yeah. having, the thing is, you're having so much fun, well, you don't realize what a miserable place it is. Listen, I know that the history uh, of this uh, great country is important, and it's important for the young youngsters to 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 listen to it and right. to experience it. And, mm-hmm. uh, you know, with all your electronics and your doohickeys and your doodads these days, it's nice to see what it used to be like. 
uh, from the pioneers were forging metal in their basements and uh, you know doing all the <laughs> serving up what what is what does it say uh, uh industrial industriously preparing the soil for the planting season and of course the farm animals including newborn lambs always enjoy a visitor as well oh the kids love that yeah it's gonna be a, it's gonna be a hell of a time uh, Colonial America is the my least favorite time period in history. <laughs> it really is. I mean, you you want to like get me get me really interested in something? Yeah. Take me to like the Industrial Revolution Museum. Uh, you know, when, yeah. the, when the steam engine was built and uh, you know, railroads were being laid across this great land. You know, uh, when I was a kid, uh, one of the, the actually really cool field trips we took was to Battleship Cove in Fall River. Now uh, they have like a like a decommissioned battleship, yeah. That's like you know right there in in, in the cove right yeah. in Fall River because that's why they call it Battleship Cove. And it always occurred to me that I got a better sh- chance of getting shot and killed on the streets of Fall River, yeah, than I would on the on the, on the, on, on the deck of a decommissioned uh you, you battleship uh, sometimes loaded with bombs and other other artillery see that's the field trip the riskiness of driving through a town like fall river to get to an actual monument yes exactly it, yeah yeah you even uh, pass by lizzie borden's house which is closed because yeah. they're too afraid of the crime in the area <laughs> uh but uh you know i would i'm looking forward to spending time with my kid and uh, you know being the chaperone and everything like that but I, mean, uh, I pulled up the uh, the old sturbridge uh itinerary for today yeah i don't know if we're doing any of this stuff or this is just like something you could go do if you went by yourself well no this is uh this is very specific to today may uh, 24th uh-huh. like uh, for example at 11 o'clock and at 1 30 uh you and the kids uh could enjoy uncle ezra unpacks his trunk okay that doesn't sound uh, weird at all. No, I, 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 it's not saying he's like yeah, wearing his trunks or he's pulling his trunks down. He's just going to unpack his trunk. Uh, the mechanic's guest, Uncle, Uncle Ezra. Ezra, relates some of his adventures on the road. That's in the Gebhardt Barn, building number thirteen. Oh man, you, you gotta, you gotta think that's gonna be terrific. And immediately following that, a musical performance highlighting the accordion. One of America's most beloved musical instruments. Oh, I love that. I love the accordion. Do you like the accordion? Yeah, yeah. I like good accordion music, that's a, too. That's at the Bullard Tavern building number three. Yeah, and you got to believe that the kids yeah. will have a ball listening to all of those traditional American standards from the 1800s. You know, I think we're leaving at 3 p.m., but that's when the parlor music starts. Really? Yeah. It's too bad. The kids will really miss that one. Well, you got the blacksmith shop, yep. the pottery shop, uh-huh. and then you have the households, the Bixby's, the Bixby's family. Like uh, act the late actor Bill Bixby. Yes, uh, the Bixby's, like many families, <laughs> earned their income from several different sources. Uh, one was from Hollywood when he turned into the Hulk. But you don't want to make him angry. No, you don't want to never want to see him when he gets angry. Uh, the Fitch house, a bunch of Fitches living over in that place. <laughs> they got the... The mother, fin- uh, mother Fitch, yeah. Father Fitch, the the sons of Fitches. Fitch better have my money. <laughs> yeah, he's the blacksmith. Yeah, yes. Uh, and then you have the uh, the Asa Night Store, 
Mm-hmm. Uh, country stores brought uh, brought in goods from all over the world through seaports like Boston and Providence. They also brought locally produced goods such as butter, cheese, and handwork. Oh yeah, you, you need you need that. You make sure the kids get their uh, their share of some saltwater taffy or some hand sewn moccasins, and they'll be set for life. Uh, the carryall, which is the horse drawn carriage. I don't think they're going to do that with a bunch of school kids. They might, but it's it's uh, it might rain. It's weather permitting, it yeah, says. Right. Anyway, yeah. Uh, and then there's dining and shopping, just like it was back in the 1800s. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it's too oh, it's too bad yeah. that you're going. What What are you forging <laughs> over there in the Asa House? We're making snow globes for our future visitors that come here to Old Sturbridge Village. <laughs> Very large pencils that say "Welcome yeah. to Sturbridge Village." Uh-huh. The oh, the Miner Grant store and bake shop. That sounds pretty good. Joe Frogger Cookies. Mm-hmm. Who's Joe Frogger? I don't know, but uh, I hear he's very nice. What were you going to say before I interrupted yeah, you? Yeah, it's too bad you're going today because uh, later this week, Yeah, I believe, uh, what is that, uh, Friday, the twenty Saturday, the 27th and 29th, uh, it's Wool Days. Wool? They're, they're going to spin some wool. They're going to probably shave the sheep down. They're going to put it over your eyes, too. They're going to pull it over your eyes, yeah. and they're going to make you think that what you did, that hour trip on a bus, was worth going to Stold Sturbridge Village for. You know, somebody said to me, you know, I was mentioning this yesterday, and somebody reached down to me on Facebook and said, you know, Old Sturbridge Village is actually a really cool place. And I'm like, yes, once. <laughs> like, you know, I mean, like, how how bad do you want to go back uh, to something that you would take a family vacation there. This would never be the kind of place I'd want to take a family vacation. That's what I'm saying. Never. Remember, Not- I'm, I'm trying to find that clip from the family guy where Sarah Paulson was one of the, the uh, people who was putting on the demonstrations. Yeah. And she says, here's a fun fact. Animal fat was also used as soap. And then Chris goes, I get that's a fact, but how is that fun? <laughs> <laughs> Uh, well, it'll be fun. It'll be a fun day over at the old Sturbridge Village. You know, I mean, every 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 kid kind of likes a field trip because yeah. it gets them out of the school and they're doing stuff and they're like they're walking around outside or whatever. But there, yeah. then there are some field trips that a kid just gets bored at. This is one of those places that as a kid I got really bored at. Yeah, it's See, like it just to. We're here for hours. Can we can we please just get back on the bus and go home? These kids kind of get the shaft out like in an area like this where. When I was a kid, we lived in New Jersey. You were forty minutes away from New York City, so yeah. we got to we got the coolest field trips. We went to the Museum of Natural History, we went mm-hmm. to the Museum of Modern Art, like all of these cool things that were in that New York City metro area. Yeah. And then, like you know, when I moved to upstate New York as a kid, then all of a sudden you're like, oh, you're gonna go to uh, some kind of like Indian fort on the river. I, I can't remember. St. Marie among the Iroquois. That's the name of the place, right? You're going to have a beautiful day in Canastota, New York. And it was one of those things where you could actually rent that place out and sleep overnight in like a dirt floor barn and then eat, you know, the foods that they ate back in the the day. When I was in second and third grade in in Rehoboth, I was going to school in a four-room schoolhouse. Yeah. Okay? That's all there was. It was a K through three. Every grade had uh, its own uh, its own room, and there were only four teachers in the place, and one of the teachers was the principal. 
and we are already roughing it as it is. But we went on a field trip to this place called the Old Hornbine School. Yeah. And that is one of the oldest public schools in the country. Yeah. And it's a one-room schoolhouse. And they tried to, they sent us there thinking, well, the kids will find it fascinating what it must be like to be in a school with only one room. I'm like, we're in a four-room schoolhouse. <laughs> we're learning in a room, in a building that's got four, four rooms, rooms and a toilet. <laughs> and you're thinking, this is roughing it? Yeah. It's well, it is kind of rubbing it. Hey, by the way, speaking of rubbing it, maybe you should remember to read that keyword thing that you have to do. <laughs> nah, I don't think I want to. Uh, you do know, that. you were so enthralled so in this excited. conversation about colonial America hey, that you forgot the keyword. Local cash. first, my friend. Yeah. Local first. It's time for the keyword to cash. Uh, could it, be worth a thousand dollars. Is the keyword churn? Like you're no. gonna churn out a lot of butter today? No, the keyword today is the word grand. Like it would be grand to hear Bax do this on time. G R A N D. Go to the contest page at rock102.com before midnight. Enter before midnight. Enter the word grand for your chance to win a thousand dollars. The word is grand. G R A N D. Good luck. Rock 102, Springfield's Classic Rock. We're new at this show. We just got this last year. It hasn't been that long. We're still I'm, trying to figure out the... I'm just out of school. All the workings. <laughs> it's 823 at Rock 102. Live in concert. It's 826 with Bax and Nagle on Rock 102. Uh, Dan Brad will give you the forecast. I um. Do you have something else to, no. to say there? No. I'm, I'm, yeah, I was going to get with the keyword of cash again. Barstool Sports had this thing yesterday. Uh, people are selling rainwater from Taylor Swift's Eras Tour that <laughs> happened at that Saturday night show where it was pouring down and yeah. she's all wet and all this other stuff. $250 for a little canister of rainwater uh, from 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 Taylor uh, Taylor's Gillette Tour. And are people actually buying it? Are they that stupid? Well, you know what? It, if you're stupid enough to buy a $1,500 ticket, there's somebody stupid enough out there to pay $250 for the rainwater that fell during the show. It's a good point. Yeah. But at some point, does that water evaporate and turn into dust or... I don't know. Do you remember the woman who was selling her flatulence in jars and made like $300,000? Yeah, but that was a, but the, to buy that, that's a good business decision. For This is stupid. Oh, really? This, this. Yes. Buying rainwater yes. for the show. I bet you there's probably a, like, even a ticket stub would, would get you, uh, fetch you some cash uh, uh, online somewhere. But there's that's always- but that's probably not more than, like, a two-ounce cup of rainwater, yeah, right? You, for 250 bucks. Who knows if it's even rainwater? It What's probably, the, I, uh, probably tap water from the hotel. Yeah, who who turned it on at the uh what's that hotel there? The Hilton? <laughs> or whatever it is. There. I just I, I just don't yeah. understand uh you, you know what gets into someone's mind. Like I'm going to sell this cuz we sold a, it was the same rainstorm that made her all moist on stage. That's disgusting. Like who's ca- yeah. who's catching well, the water? It's uh, or you. I mean, you could do other things. Uh, you could be like, oh, here's some toilet water from Gillette Stadium. Where yeah. Taylor Swift. Uh, you know, it probably eventually all mixed together. So yeah. uh, here's, here's a wad of napkins I wiped my mouth with while I was at the Taylor Swift show. You know, I'm sure when she went to the bathroom and all these other people went to the bathroom, it mixed together somehow. <laughs> so here. 
Here's a sample of the sewage treatment it's plant like, from. It's like suddenly you yeah. have so much in common right. with Taylor Swift. The Foxborough sewage treatment plant sample. <laughs> it's in here somewhere. It's a, an evening to remember. You just got to shake it off a little bit. It, oh, shake it yeah, off. Yeah, there you go. Yeah, yeah, I'd yeah, say that. Yeah, right. Take 28 and Rock 102. Here's your Western Mass News first alert forecast. It's 8.32 at Bax and Nagel and Rock 102. It's time for news. It's brought to you by Gary Rome Hyundai. Go to Gary Rome Hyundai today. Get 0% financing on select models. Here's local radio icon Steve Nagel. Uh, thanks, Bax. There was a deadly accident uh, on I-91 yesterday morning uh, during the morning commute. A man in a motorcycle or on a motorcycle uh, died on the northbound side of I-91 just after exit 10A. According to Mass State Police Sergeant Corey Mackey, at around 6.25 a.m., troopers were called to the single motor vehicle crash or motorcycle crash on I-91 North and West Springfield. The motorcyclist, a 24-year-old Chickabee man, died due to that crash. That caused a uh, backup that lasted for quite a few hours, and uh, it was backed up all the way to the 291 uh, interchange. Wow. But they also had several other accidents in that vicinity at the same time, so that just created even even more of a mess. The cause of that crash is being investigated by Troop B of the Mass State Police, the State Police Collision Analysis Reconstruction Section, the State Police Crime Scene Services, and the State Police Detective Unit uh, for Hamden County. You got any uh, catalytic conversions you want to get rid of? Not that I'm uh, I'm looking to get rid of. I'm The ones I have, I'm kind of using. Uh, Springfield man has pleaded guilty to charges related to theft, transportation, and sales, stolen catalytic converters, as well as engaging in money laundering in federal court in Boston. Jose Torres, also known as Goldie or Goldie Tech. Goldie Tech, what a terrible name. Yeah, I don't like that, Goldie. Goldie I don't have a problem with. Say, like, if your last name is, like, uh, Goldman or Goldberg, you might want to, you know, call yourself Goldie. But Goldie Tech? Yeah. That's, that sounds like a... Uh, like a like a half rate technical institution. It sounded out. It sounds like it started out as Goldie Tech, and he's like, I don't want to be Goldie Tech because it sounds like Goldilocks. Just call me Goldie, okay? I just uh, I'm a proud graduate of Goldie Tech. Anyway, uh, Goldie was classes of- starting in May could have you messing things up by June. Now he needs to go to the Steve Nagel College of Knowledge, and first of all, get a new nickname. Yeah, no kidding. That'd be the first be, thing I'd suggest. Uh, you got caught. You got too greedy. You and your platinum medals. Yeah, I know. I get it. He he was part of a group of individuals, including six other men who were arrested on April 12th on charges related to catalytic converter thefts. The group was involved in stealing catalytic converters from over 470 vehicles from the period of 2022 and 2023. Those converters, which contained precious metals like palladium, platinum, and rhodium, Oh, I like rhodium. Rhodium is good. Yeah. Uh, and uh, have been targeted by thieves due to their high value, often exceeding $1,000 each on the black market. Catalytic converter thefts have become a widespread problem across various communities, resulting in damage to vehicles and significant financial losses for victims. That's like uh, you're my fear to start my car up and then I'll have it. Sure, I wonder what happened. Yeah. A hole in the exhaust? You know, and like you said, you know, these things are not, you know, inexpensive to replace. In some cases, depending what kind of, you know, crap box you're driving, that could be, uh, your car could be total because some guy went into your car with a sawzall. Yeah. Yeah. That's unfortunate. Uh, I guess it's pretty easy to do, though, because these guys do it in less than like a minute. Yeah. Hmm. It's crazy stuff. 
Following the failed superintendent search, some residents uh, this week have officially begun the formal process to recall East Hampton School Committee Chairperson Cynthia Kwasinski. Last Thursday, East Hampton uh, City Clerk Barbara LaBombard confirmed that she had certified the required 400 signatures for the effort to move forward after two residents turned in petitions signed over by 400 residents. In order to recall the process to continue, they will need to reach 2,517 signatures by June 8th. As of Tuesday, the group of petitioners is just over a little 200 signatures. People are finally noticing, and this just shines a larger light on it, said organizer Kathy Wazinski of East Hampton. Wazinski said if they retrieve all the needed signatures, Wazinski would have five days to resign. Wow. Or do the recall. <clears throat> While hundreds of the, in the city are backing this plan, not everyone is on board, especially with elections coming in just a few months. I don't understand why we're keeping uh, keeping going down and we're dividing our little city even more in a very divided country. Can't we just let this die down? That's the problem. You can't let it die down. You got to keep it uh, topical. Otherwise, people forget about it. And then you continue to go into that cycle yeah. of your government, your town government, not working for you. People have very short attention spans when it comes to their outrage. They're going to be outraged this week. But if someone else goes on next week... People forget about the first thing they're uh, outraged by. Oh, look, keys. Oh, I hate keys. <laughs> oh, look, something shiny. Uh, on the affidavit, some of the listed reasons for the recall include being unresponsive, sending police to someone's home to make a job offer at midnight, unprofessional behavior, meeting minutes made unavailable, and refusing to move hybrid meetings. That is a little sus, if you will, if I could be a sus. I'm um, trying to be like the kids. They all say the sus thing. Sus. Sus. That is a little sus when you're not releasing minutes of a meeting that is supposed to be public. And I understand that, you know, there are certain things that can't be released. But if you're not making any effort yeah. to make, to release those. Well, I mean, uh, could an argument be made that because it was a public meeting, they wouldn't have to write down everything that was said because it was public and the public could have seen it for themselves? I guess so. I mean, I, I mean, I, I don't know how these things work. I'm not, uh, I'm not a uh, an elected official, by by any means. <laughs> Thank goodness. And nor should you be ever. Oh, hardly, please. I mean, uh, the, I mean, the last person you want running stuff. The uh, Northampton fire chief has ordered a performance venue housed in a historic church in Florence to shut down their live indoor music. Uh, Twenty two News went to the Bombic Center of for Arts and Equity Tuesday where five key members of the nonprofit spoke about why they were surprised by this news which, and what it means for the future. Nearly two weeks ago, Northampton Fire Chief uh, John Devine ordered the Bombic Center for Arts and Equity to cease all its indoor music events until an automatic sprinkler system is installed in the center sanctuary where concerts are held. Right now, we've had a second weekend of economic harm, and this is going to quickly crush our organization and put an end to Bombic, said Kyle Homestead, co-director of the Bombic Center. Uh, following some noise complaints, the fire department inspected the sanctuary and Fire Chief Devine eventually con uh, concluded that Bombix is considered a nightclub. Part of what's making this process frustrating for Bombix is they believe they have done everything right up through to, the, to this point. The Bombix staff said they were baffled by this, especially because they have been operating the same way for around two years and have followed every guideline. All right, I understand that to uh, put a sprinkler system into a building retroactively is uh is difficult and costly 
but it's not nearly as difficult and costly if there's a fire in that building and everyone's stuck you inside know, like the station nightclub fire. I get, and that's that's the example I was going to bring up, too. Yeah. You know, that's the problem. You get too many people in there and you're sandwiched in and <clears throat> something goes wrong and people will panic and they will rush to try to get away from something that's dangerous to them. Yeah. And they'll do it if they have to crawl over other people in order to leave. I get that you're upset, and I get that you're facing an economic challenge for that, but it's about safety. You, it, 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 listen, I, nobody wants to, nobody <laughs> wants to see uh, you know the place close. That, that's not the point. But, it, you know, better... Better to close than to have a problem where people yeah. are either getting killed or, you know, you're losing everything you have. And and when you say you've been doing this, you know, like this is, oh, we've been doing this for two years. Okay, but the circumstances might have changed from when you, oh, two years ago was you're right in smack dab in the middle of a pandemic where people were social distancing. Maybe you didn't have the amount of people in there that you do now. Yeah. And that might be kind of, that might be part of the problem. I don't know. I don't. I, I don't know either. I mean, I un- I understand the situation they're in, and it's unfortunate. But I mean, my God, if something bad were to happen, you know, then you know, then what would you be thinking? You'd be kicking yourself that you didn't take, you know, you didn't take the opportunity to put the right life-saving measures into that building. I'm not even sure where that place is. It says downtown Florence, but they didn't even show a picture of it. The Bombix Center. I honestly don't know. You know, Florence is not like one of the areas of Northampton that I know all that. I mean, I've been there, but I, I mean, I don't. Well, it's, I couldn't tell you where stuff is. It's a small little uh, main street. Yeah, you know, like you know, you know that is a small little section. So it's not yeah. like it's talked about all that much when when we talk about Northampton. You know. Mm-hmm. Uh, let's see. Uh, if you're gonna eat the last hot pocket, you better make sure everybody is cool with that first. Because hot pocket rage is real, my friend. Well, you know what? Uh, when push comes to shove, and there's a throwdown over the hot pocket, you know, you better not get in my way. A 64-year-old man in Kentucky named Clifton Williams freaked out his roommate last weekend after noticing that he'd eaten the last hot pocket. Clifton was furious. He threw uh, some kind of tiles at the roommate, and then when the guy tried to get away, that's when Clifton got his gun and shot the guy in the butt. In the butt. Yeah. Again, this is Kentucky, so you know, take that for what it's worth. Do they say what kind of hot pocket it was? Uh, no, what flavor? It doesn't. Uh, the roommate uh, still managed to run off. He got help and was hospitalized. He'll be okay, but the but being shot over a hot pocket was still a pain in the butt. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's, that is so true. Uh, he probably also had burnt tongue from the hot pocket. <laughs> that's usually what happens. Yeah, because right, it's, it's it? kind of like chewing into hot lava. Well, yeah, because. When you microwave something, you just, ex- you know, we're just always expecting somebody to be ready. Yes. You have to let it cool down. But what is the threshold of letting a hot pocket cool down? Like, yeah. how many minutes do you have to wait in order for it to be? Because you, a hot pocket is not meant to be slowly enjoyed. A hot pocket is meant to be scarfed down your yeah. throat after you smoke three bongs before you. Right, but when you're when you're burning the flesh inside of your mouth cavity and mm-hmm. the and the flesh is starting to slough off because it's a, uh, you know, it's been exposed to such uh, outrageous volcanic like heat, mm-hmm. uh, then you have to say, well, you know, was 
was I maybe uh, too rambunctious uh, in in this? And I think the the answer has to be yes. Could have been. Yeah. Your uh, Pioneer Valley forecast today, it is going to be uh, sunny to start, then rain this afternoon with a high of 78. Tomorrow, clear with a high of 67. It's 53 right now in downtown Springfield. I'm Steve Nagel, and that's the news on Rock 102. Hiya. Have you heard of high maintenance?